Welcome to today's episode of Turn em Loose Podcast. I'm your host, Peyton Tomlin, a.k.a. PT. And if you haven't done yet, please hit that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss another episode again. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, PT, from Turn em Loose Podcast, man, the host and CEO of the Turn em Loose LLC. Uh, today, I have three... Outstanding gentleman with me who's going to educate us on how to get into college and things that deal with college. Uh, uh, I'm going to let these gentlemen introduce themselves uh, so I don't mess that up. So we'll start with uh, Tracy Washington. Please introduce yourself, sir. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Tracy, uh, just a little bit about myself, I guess. Um, spent 25 years in the Air Force, uh, mental health uh, by trade. Um, once I retired, went into civilian sector and healthcare, but then decided to branch out on my own and start my own business, which is the United Crowns Collection, um, a clothing line that helps us reclaim our narrative. I'm also the host of the UCC or United Crowns Collection Roundtable, an IG uh, and YouTube, IG Live and YouTube page uh, channel. So please check us out. Um, also, uh, you know, PT's my uh, host on that show as well, too, so I appreciate him inviting me uh, onto his show, and, uh, especially about education. Um, I received my doctorate degree in business administration in 2013, and with that being said, I'm also an assistant professor at Excelsior College and Shriner University. That's it about me, man. All right, go ahead, Clarence. All right, so my name is Clarence Brown. I am the founder and executive director of Pre-College University. Pre-College University, we're a nonprofit. We're really a virtual preparatory academy. We like to help students and adults develop a personal strategic plan for life. And so we actually, we say we, we develop a personal strategic plan for high school, for college, and for life, just trying to walk people through those life stages. And um, with that, we actually have a a grant with the U.S. Department of Energy where we recruit and place students at Department of Energy Labs around the country. And so right now we have 15 students, 14 of them doing a virtual internship, one of them on the ground. And so we do a lot in helping those students to prepare for those internship experiences, help them to parlay that information into their careers. Oh man, that's great, man. Let's go, Marlo's on you, brother. All right, all right. My name is Marlo Prelo, and I'm actually the president of Prelo Educational Services. Um, we're a youth agency, and we focus on helping students understand how to prepare for life after high school. Uh, we have two mainline products uh, that we use on a regular basis in rotation, which is our online courses, uh, as well as my book that I recently published, which is called I Ain't Going to College, A Guide to Life After High School. So, you know, our whole goal at Prairie Educational Services is, is to make sure that each student has a plan for themselves and understands that once I walk across that stage, I know exactly what it is that I'm going to do. Uh, I have an undergraduate degree from South Carolina State University in marketing, and I received my MBA from the University of Phoenix Online. I worked in online education for a little bit over 12 years. Uh, I'm also the executive director of CareerBound, which is a nonprofit college program, a college preparatory program as well. So uh, we, we, we do a few things, but um, overall, we just want to make sure that the kids are getting the information and uh, they know what direction they want to go in once they graduate from high school. Oh, man. Thank y'all very much, man. Y'all man, y'all make me feel like I need to go get my master's now, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Hearing all of that stuff, man. So uh, I guess I'll be back in school in the fall as well. <laughs> just <laughs> The reason I chose this topic, man, because this, this topic was is, is really there to me, man, because I was uh, one of those kids, kind of like Marlo's book, who said, I ain't going to college, right? So growing up, you know, in Prince George's County, Maryland, uh, you know, back in those days, and I graduated in 1993, so it was just during that time where it was like entrepreneurship was starting to take off, and and, you know, I struggled through high school. Not because it wasn't smart, but I just didn't like it, you know what I mean? So yeah. to go to college just wasn't happening. I was like, I'll go to work. Long story short, uh, I couldn't get nowhere, right? I had a job at the patent and trademark office, and, and the supervisor that I had told me that I could never make – she couldn't pay me more than $30,000 a year because I didn't have a degree. 
And I kind of like shook my world because I was like, well, I thought I could just work and work my way up to be this millionaire, right? I don't know, PG County School Education, man. Maybe they let me down or something. I don't know, but that's what I thought. So long story short, I joined the service, uh, the military in in 1999 so that I wouldn't have to go to college. So kind of like, you know, like uh, the story Tracy was saying, I was like, I'm not going to college. I'll go to the military and then get the benefits. But then the military was like, well, you can't move up unless you get to college. Yep. So I ended up having to go to college anyways. And now I look at the opportunities that I have uh, now that has changed my life. But I realized that not everyone can go to the military and, and have the, the same type of story that I have or that Tracy has. Uh, so what are some of the programs that y'all could provide or information that y'all could provide for people who want to go to college but just don't know how to get there? Um, I, I, I can start, I can tell you almost from, from experience for me, I know um, with my son, uh, my son was never, he was smart. I won't call him studious, he's smart. Um, but he didn't like school, just like you, he didn't like school. And so the first thing I did, and this is when he was in the eighth grade, I sat him down and I'm like, he was like, I don't want to go to college. I'm like, that's fine, you ain't got to co- go to college. But <laughs> you got you got three choices, you know. <laughs> The bridge, the barracks, and the dormitory. That was that was it. That, that was my thing. You got the bridge, the barracks, and the dormitory. And so letting him know that his choices was not to stay in my house, but it was he could actually choose to go to college. He could actually choose to go into the military. Or, I mean, he can go try to find a job that will afford him a house, but chances were that he's going to end up under the bridge, you know. And yeah. I, I can say that because my son, he's a musician, and so music is his trade. If it was, you know, business business acumen, that kind of stuff, you might be able to get you a, a job right out of high school that will sustain you in your own place. But in music, mm-hmm. I mean, people typically go to college and still end up, you know, having to, to, to sleep on couches or sleep in cars. And so I, I instilled in him early, first of all, you know, you need, to, you need to realize that not doing anything is not the option, okay? Not doing anything is not the option. And so let's figure out which one it is that you want to do. And at the same time, um, I put in parallel tracks for him so that he was moving forward. And at the point that he graduated from high school, he could still choose any, either one, you see? Yeah. And so even though he said he didn't want to go to college, um, I still made sure that he did the things that would be required for him if, in fact, when the time came, he decided to go to college. Almost like you <laughs> saying you looked at the GI Bill, but you were um, – in the beginning, you said, I ain't going to college, and so I'm not even worried about the GI Bill. It just so happens that it wrapped back around for you. And so my thing is, for a student, I wouldn't force any anybody to go to college, but I'd, I'd still tell them, my, my biggest thing was versatile. You got to make sure at the end of the day that you have choices, because the last thing you want to do is to point, paint yourself into a, a corner and not have any. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you made a couple of different points, but one, one of the things that I just heard you say which I feel like is a key phrase for us, especially in our community, in the black community, is in the beginning, because mm. that's where a lot of this starts, you know? And in, mm-hmm. in other communities, it starts so far in advance. Mm-hmm. We don't start at the beginning. We basically start thinking about the college admission process and start thinking about where we see ourselves in the end. That's right. Thinking about it in the 11th grade. We start thinking about it in the 12th grade. You know, and for me personally, my story, you could have asked me any given day of the week. I'll tell you, I ain't going to college, bro. It's not for me. And I give you a whole smorgasbord of reasons, you know, as to why. (laughs) But the reason is it wasn't instilled in the beginning. People said do it. And I even my father said do it. Other people said do it. But it wasn't sinking in because when I looked around in my environment and I took a look at the people who I saw every day, and I saw the dope dealers, the drug pushers, the hustlers, the runners. My man would come to the bus stop. He has a knot of money, this thick. You know, he's telling us, man, y'all wasting y'all time. So it's like the cartoon. You know, we floating up in the air, you know, to the street light. So we got to start it at that cradle, you know, and really take it back to the beginning, like some of these other coaches and some things that I've seen, you know, other people do. I had a conversation literally two weeks ago with a guy. And the guys, me and him were talking. And this was, we were standing in line at the post office. This was the craziest thing. 
And the guy, I told him I was mailing a book. And he said, man, that's an interesting topic. And we're going through the motion. He said, yeah, I just took let my son take the SAT. And I said, okay, that's cool, man. What grade is he in? You know, 10th grade, 11th grade? No, he's in the sixth grade. And I was like, wow. what? What? But this wow. is what they're doing in their community. He said, yeah, we don't really care about the test. We don't really care about the score. We just want to expose him so that when he sees it and starts taking it for real, then he's not afraid of it. And I just thought that was so profound, man, and so prophetic. Even as I've been in this college game for a long time, that's the first person I ever met who I know someone who had taken it that early. So the beginning, you know, that's that's what we got to go back and, and start putting the focus on. You know, I, I, I totally agree with uh, Marlo, especially when he speaks about starting early and looking at some of the, our other, especially uh, my, uh, cultures of uh, color, if you will, our Hispanic brothers and sisters, our Asian brothers and sisters, they are definitely starting from day one, understanding that education is key. Now, what Clarence said too, he made a, a statement, you know, like, I mean, college isn't for everybody. I, I teach students all the time. That is no way they, they, they are just wasting their money. I'm not trying to say that because they're not bright they're not intelligent, but it's just not the system for them. So I do, I do agree with that piece, but I will say that you really have to prepare children starting like kindergarten on up and understanding that education comes first and it's important. But what I see a lot of times in our culture is more of, well, let's get a sports scholarship to go to college. Let's do X, you know, some type of activity to get to, get to college versus academics. Um, and, and what we have to realize is the ratio of people who get scholars, college scholarships and actually finish school at their full scholarships. Um, you know, my son played for uh, Oklahoma Panhandle University, you know, so that scholarship was re-up every two years, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like it was a full ride all the time. So we have to start preparing, like, you know, for the what ifs as well, too, and have, to me, start setting goals for our children no later than elementary school, you know what I'm saying? And not saying that we are going to push them in a certain direction. I believe children should, once they get in high school, should decide what they want to do and not have parents tell them, well, you're going to go to college. You know, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But you want to set that child up to say, okay, if you don't want to go to college, then you can do X, Y, or Z and have at least that education enough or skill set enough to move forward. But uh, beginning early is, is, is something that... I truly believe that we lack in the African-American um, communities. Uh, and now yeah. it's getting better. I've seen a lot of uh, students now with the advent of social media that, I mean, we're talking about people with 4.2 GPAs, 4.5 GPAs, and people getting hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships, and which is great, but that's not, you know, from what I've read and statistics that I've read, it's not the norm. You know, and, and I think we just need to put that focus back on education. And when I say education, I mean true education, not just reading, writing, and history and things such as that. Yes, those things are important to pass a test, but there's also other things like you talked about entrepreneurship. You talked about a lot of different things we as parents can educate our children on. So we have to take a stake in their education as, as well too, and not just say, well, it's the school systems issue you know, I'm through with it with that because education is so diverse and so, you know, has so many moving pieces to it for your students to be successful in anything they do in life or your children, they have to have the parents' involvement, the teachers' involvement, the community's involvement, all these different things build on what I call a whole body part of education. I'm going to jump in if I can. Um, I can jump again? Mm -hmm. No, I said go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so it's, it's a, a, a few things, a few things that I wrote down here. First of all, when you start talking about history and education, one of the things that's um, funny, we don't have a history of education. That's the first thing. We don't have a history of education. Um, about two, three years ago, I was out in Washington State, and I was talking to a lady. It was at the hotel. We were standing in the lobby, and um, she was working the desk, and I was just talking to her. And she made a statement, and when she made that statement, I was like, wait a minute. And I even, I, I, I started texting my interns and asking them. She says, well, when my granddaddy graduated from college, he, and it hit me. Like when her granddaddy graduated from college, my granddaddy didn't even finish grade school. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so then I start texting uh, all of my interns and like, you know, uh, tell me like, who was the first person in your family to, to graduate from college? Or did your grandparents graduate from college? And I mean, uh, you know, a few of them say, well, my, my, my grandmother went to nursing school, you know? But as far as having a history of education and a history of um, competing in that arena, we just don't have it. And then when we leave it to the school system to do it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'll tell you, I, um, I, I, I argued with my, my son's teachers about it. You know, they have this whole thing where you don't have to do your homework, right? I had one teacher said, uh, <laughs> they, they, well, they let them retake their test so many times until yeah. they eat, right? <laughs> and, you know, he's yeah. like, well, you know, when you fail the driver's test, you, you know, you, you fail it one time, they don't tell you you can't drive no more. They, you know, they let you come in like, what? And then, you know, this whole thing is I'll give them a syllabus and it could be due in two weeks, but they got to the end of the semester to pass it in. And I'm like, what? Yep. That's not life, right? And so <laughs> even when you look at, we're telling our students, we're having our students to strive for excellence in high school to get these high GPAs, it really does not instill the pursuit of education in them. It mm-hmm. instills the pursuit of a grade in them. And that doesn't work, especially when you get to the next level in college and you realize that the people in college treat you nothing like the ones in high school. Absolutely. And so um, I think it's important, like I said, I mean, to get started as early as possible, um, to get them comfortable taking those standardized tests. We, we, we jump on the bandwagon sometimes or arguing with people about the, the standardized tests disenfranchise us, right? And it's like, okay, that may be true, but guess what? It's still the rule of the day. And so it's better if we learn how to to get inside of the system and excel while we're simultaneously trying to create something outside of the system than to try to buck the system and fail across the board. And so um, that, I think, is important. And the last thing that I want to bring up, um, you said something about choices when they get to high school. And again, if I look at my son, that's one of the things that we did. Uh, My son played football up until high school. And when he he was in the eighth grade, you know, people start – coming to him and saying, you know, well, you need to look at this all-star team and you need to, you know, and he started looking at it and he was like, man, them kids are right. That's serious. This is a hobby for me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, all right, cool, bro. You you don't have to do athletics if you don't want to, but that doesn't mean you're going to do nothing. Right. And I Mm. say, you got athletics, you got arts and you got academics. You choose. Right. And the first thing he chose was academics. And I was like, that's outstanding. But I want you to understand that don't mean you're going to go to school and come home. That means you go to school, you get academic extracurricular activities. So you might be going to a learning lab at the, at the um, school. You know, you're going to maximize education if that's what you're mm-hmm. going to, if academics is your choice. So you might want to go sit back and think about it. And so he came back and said, well, yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and go with arts because he was all into music. That's all right, that's cool. But now that means that you're going to maximize music. And so mm-hmm. that means you're going to, you know, go back to piano lessons. That means you're going to be doing um, volunteer playing piano for you. You're going to maximize it. And so I, I agree that we need that we need, I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm a big person on purpose. And I think that we need to watch our kids and see which areas they go, where the natural bend is and mm-hmm. support them in that natural bend. But Absolutely. then not say that, cause I mean, this even happens with athletics, not say that they're super gifted in athletics mm-hmm. and so we don't teach them, you know, manners or we don't teach them all the other things that need to go <laughs> A lot of times, cause I coach, I coach football as well. And you got these kids who are superstars and their kids, I mean, their parents are riding their, Hmm, I was gonna say something. Listen, their parents are boosting, <laughs> are boosting them up because they're waiting on them to go pro so they can move them into yeah. a house. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, I appreciate that your son is an athlete and I appreciate your son is an all-star, but make him a person, mm-hmm. you know, make him a real human, make him make him a man and a man who is great at athletics, not an athlete who may become a man one day. And so Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I think let me jump in real quick. I think that we have to. I think the education, especially now, is so important, right? Uh, and I think that we do have to push a little bit because we always talk about, um, you know, how do we keep, how do we move our people forward, right? Yeah. That's the conversation. So when you look at it, we're, we're really the first generation out of the Jim Crow era, mm-hmm. right? So now we're, we're finally out of, we're, we're finally in the era. We're the parents. We are the bricklayers. For our kids to move forward past what we've had in the past. So like you were saying, you hear people talking about, yeah, well, my great great granddaddy went to college. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm not even, I know, 
My granddaddy worked in the coal mills in Pittsburgh. There it is. There it is. You know what I mean? So, but now we have the opportunity. We are that generation to move these kids forward. So, like I tell my kids, true, you don't have to go to college, but education doesn't stop, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to learn something in order to move and live a life where this country has moved us to. You can't do it without education. You can look at the rappers. You can look at the art people. All the people who are making money, they're smart. Yes, sir. They might be yes, smart sir. in their realm of what they're doing, but they're definitely outstanding, you know, brilliant in what they're doing. So, uh, but, but then, too, like when you look at, you know, a lot of the, the, the hip-hop stars and you look at athletes, how many times have we heard the story that these people go broke? Or how many times have we heard I signed a bad contract? Or how many times, you know? So I think that education piece, especially if you're going to get into entertainment and or whatever, then you need to learn the business side of that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I can oh, yeah. tell you, as going from uh, from the Air Force to corporate America to running my own business, you know, having uh, uh, degrees and having education in business. It, you can't put a price on it because you are seeing things and doing things where you see other people like really struggling. That's why, and I see a big push, which I think is great for entrepreneurship because we need to get back to a black wall street. We need to get back to have our own doctors, lawyers, um, carpenters, uh, plumbers, and taking care of our own community. I, I'm a firm believer in that, but everything I just said takes what? An education to get. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't have to be like a college degree because vocational school is, to me, if I could do it all over again, I would have probably started at a vocational school learning a trade that now I know could make just as much as I do now. You know what I'm saying? But you're just, you know, kind of working with your hands or whatever. But, you know, and like you say, like your your grandparents, like uh, mine didn't go to school at all. I don't think my grandmother went to school because I knew she couldn't read. And my grandfather might have went to the second or third grade, but they worked in the fields. You know what I'm saying? In South Georgia. But I think, you know, each generation, just like say, we the first ones, well, first couple of generations out of Jim Crow, it's up to us now, again, to set that foundation, but also live it ourselves too. What I found is my children, yeah, they do what you say to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? If you say, oh, go clean up this, that, da 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 yeah, they're going to do it. But when we talk about life choices in the future, I see that they do what I do not what I said to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like both of my sons have graduated with their uh, bachelor's degree. My one son, my oldest, is going for his master's degree. But I think that's because their moms and I did the same thing. So the bar has been set. Mm-hmm. Like for my eight-year-old daughter, she sees me grade paper. She sees me, you know, her brothers going to school. Her, um, her other brothers in NYU right now in film school, the number two film school. So she knows, hey, the bar has been said, this is what our family does. So, um, and she, she's really into art, so if she wants to go to art school, fine. If she doesn't want to go to art school, fine. But just like you said, Clarence, you're going to do something. And you're going to educate yourself and be the best whatever you want to be. That's the bar we set in the Washington household. I don't care what you are. Just be the best at what you are. All right. I think, um, go ahead, Barlow. One, one thing I'm going to touch on this because – the whole piece about entertainers, thats we can go down there and talk on that for a long time. But a lot of those big-time entertainers, they're hypocrites. Because when you look at their kids, their kids in the finest of the private school. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> go trap, 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 you know, yep. and fast and all of that. And their kids are coming out, you know, going to the Howards and the Clarks and the Morehouses. And, you know, they dropping cash for them. So, you know, that that's, we, that's, that's one we can get on for a minute. But we were talking about preparation. I didn't want to lose this point because – Preparation is the key, and you'll hear this topic, and if any, any parents get a hold of this podcast, I want y'all to pay close attention to this because there's a window in the college prep world, and it's called the seven-year plan, and that seven-year plan starts at third grade. It's from third grade to 10th grade. You got seven years to really work on it, hone it, figure it out, you know, ring the towel, get squeeze all the good juice out, you know, because by the time you get to that 10th grade spot, most people and other coaches, they already know. They know where they're going to school. They know what kind of field they want to be in. They know, you know what type of career they want. They may not know the specifics, but they've got much more of an idea, and they're a lot more prepared. And it goes back to one thing somebody else um, touched on earlier. I think it was you, Clarence, that you got to start identifying 
those talents early. When you and, and for us as a people, we always think that, oh, our kids are so cute. Oh, they elementary school and she doing this. But when your child's in the preschool and you see that they're they're always on the camera or they always want to be in the camera, you need to start thinking about arts. Watch them in the first grade, watch them in the second grade. If they're drawn or they drawn to a computer or they drawn in STEM, then you that third grade jump off point is when you really gotta start honing that thing in and saying, okay. Over the course of these years, I've observed my child do this, and it looks like I kind of think that is it could be this direction. So then that's when it's the after-school clubs, it's the beta club, it's set me, you know, all these different things. And you're not wasting your time and spinning your wheels, you know, going through all of this, all of these random spots and, you know, trying this or that didn't work or try that. And it's okay to try different things, but as a parent, if you focus and really pay attention to your child and watch them, man, they start giving you those clues so early. But if you're not engaged and you're not paying attention, you're not going to see it. You're not going to put any emphasis on it. And, you know, you're going to miss the boat. And before you know it, your kid's going to be a senior. You know how many seniors called me? How many seniors called me last week and said, uh, yeah, I graduated? Or parents, yeah, my son just graduated. Um, you think you can help us out? You think it's too late? You know, I mean, I know college is supposed to be starting here in August. I'm like, yo, it's June 17th. Are you serious right now? Are you serious? I talked to at least four parents literally last week that said the exact same thing. And, you know, I don't even, there's nowhere that we can start at that point. Even for me as somebody who said I ain't going to college around that senior year, I had a mentor who took us on a college trip. And once I went on that college tour, I was like, oh, man. This this looks way better than where I live. These kids look educated. They look smart. They look like they bought their business. They black. And they kind of look like me. Their hair's nappy. Their pants is saggy. So <laughs> I just needed to see it, you know, in a different light. And once I saw it, you know, I was able to gravitate towards it. So, you know, I, I'm I'm just real big on, on the preparation piece and, and especially just trying to get to the parents and get to the students as early on as you can. You know, even if you miss the total boat, man, eighth grade is another great bridge area because you can get them set up for success, you know, before they start heading into high school. So, oh, right. okay. So, so real quick, right, to try to uh, push this forward just a little bit. So, how do we get our kids, like, what programs can we get do, or out there for our kids to utilize or find to get into these colleges or to get this education? So, if you're coming from a, a low-income family and you're looking for ways to get into college, what is out there for them? So, I, and, you know, and I, I heard that question up front, and I, I, don't, I don't think I had a, a concrete answer for you, um, which is, I, I think, why I started off and went in another direction. Um, I, I agree that programs need to be out there. That's why I created what I created, because there are a lot of programs, like you can say you got the Boys and the Girls Club, or you can say um, you have uh, Jack and Jill, you know, or you can say, you know, there, there are a number of things out there, but I don't, I don't know that any of them really get to the heart of what our kids are looking for. I haven't seen, I haven't seen very many. And that's why I align myself with people like Marlo, because I see what Marlo is doing, you know, boots on the ground doing to make a difference. And he's not trying to clone. And I'm not saying that, you know, some of these programs are clones, but, you know, he's not trying to clone <laughs> kids. He's trying to deal with kids in, in, their, in their authentic moment and move them forward. And again, like I say, I mean, that, that's, that's what Free College University is all about, trying to help you about, um, develop a personal strategic plan for high school first. So start from middle school, for high school, from middle school, I mean, from high school to college, and then from college to life. And so um, I, I, I want to hit you with a couple things um, that I, I talk about how I go about doing it. And then I don't know, I mean, unless somebody else got some other programs they want to throw out. But I, I, I actually uh, developed, you know, some stuff to share with you on the show to let you know, I mean, like if, if somebody's listening into this, like if you need to start doing this for yourself right now, these are some, this is a roadmap that you can begin to follow so that you can help your kids right now. And then in the meantime, I mean, I can find out like, and it, it will probably be if somebody would reach out to you and let them know what area of the country they're in. Oh, no, um, sorry, look. Okay, good. No, let, let them know what, what area of the country they're in. Then I, I, I don't have a problem then trying to do some research to find out what's in that area 
that I can point them in the direction of. I would vet it first, though, because I don't believe in just sending people to a particular place. But um, with, with that being said, uh, I got three quick things I want to share and then go into this thing, if that's okay. Anybody got any interjections? No, no, go for okay, it. Cool, cool. Mm -mm. Go ahead. The first thing I want to tell you, Marla, what you said was key about the, the high school graduates and their parents coming to you talking about, you know, my kid want to go to college. I will tell you, I used to be a recruiter. I used to recruit graduate students for the College of Arts and Sciences at HBCU. I won't even call it HBCU's name, but I did. And <laughs> it's funny, I did the bulk of my recruiting in May, June, and July, right? Everybody else, they out, you know. As a matter of fact, when I started, I started on a nine-month contract, and that's how I justified getting a 12-month contract. Because I'm like, well, you think I ain't gonna work in the summer? I'm gonna show you my work in the summer. Because what, what I always found was, like, you got kids, everybody, well, not everybody, but there are a lot of kids being pushed into medical school, and you go to them the senior year in college, and they don't even know what the MCAT is. Or they're trying to go to law school, you go to them the senior year in college, and they don't know what the LSAT is. And so I found a lot of those students, and I was able to um, pull a lot of those students in, or they thought they were going to get a job straight out of, out of college, and they didn't have a job, and now they're trying to figure out what's what. And so um, it's not something that ends in high school. If we don't capture them in high school and start directing them in the right areas, um, it, it, it carries on even if they end up with a degree. Um, that's the first thing I was going to say. Uh, the other thing is, like you were talking, I, I got to say, and I wrote this book, it's called um, Radical Introductions Beginning by Going Backwards. And in that book, one of the things that I say, and I believe this wholeheartedly is, at, at the age of five, we're closer to our purpose than at any other point in our life at the age of five. And so it's key, you know, Marlo, I heard you say, you know, we need to watch our kids in preschool. What happens is after the age of five, um, we go to school and it gets educated out of us. And so if you have this kid who wants to be a princess, who could then be translated into being a model or any other thing, you know, a screen diva, a actress, but when, some, when, when they articulate it as I want to be a princess, um, and, and it's cool when you're in, you know, when you're in, in pre-K. Yeah. Maybe okay when you're in kindergarten. But when you get to first grade, you need to get with the education. And you can't be no real life princess. And so you need to start looking at something else. And so I think that, that that's one of the issues that we have. And so I, um, I actually do this exercise. I, uh, I have a, a seminar, it's called Alignment Seminar. And in this, in this seminar, what I, I do is I help people to identify up to five key components or five key characteristics of their life. And then what I tell them is if you look at these five key, key characteristics of your life, and you keep them full, fresh, and functional, you always work on those things, it comprises what it is that you want to do. I even tell people never to become terminal. Because even, Peyton, if you look at what you're doing, or Tracy, you look at what you're doing, if you thought that military was your end-all, be-all, when you got in the military, you would have never looked at doing anything else. Yeah. That's terminal. And I try to tell people, don't become terminal, because when you become terminal, then other people control your life. And so if you look at those characteristics that make, make you up um, and you always stay uh, full, fresh, and functional in those areas, there are so many different um, careers or so many different you know, <clears throat> areas that you can go in and feel fulfilled by using those things. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I believe in. Um, I, Marlo, I've I, I never heard the seven-year plan, but I like it. I always tell students, like my son, again, going to him, when he was in the, let's see, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, when he was in the seventh grade, um, they, they, he did well in a class, and they gave him freshman math in the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And then they had some other students who were able to get, like, freshman English in the eighth grade, yeah. freshman high school English in the eighth grade, um, a foreign language in the eighth grade. Yeah. What I try to tell them is that starts your GPA for high school. Yeah. And so we don't compare, we don't prepare our students for those eighth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade classes where the grade counts. Mm -hmm. And so you can't get in the ninth grade and think it's going to start over. Yeah. Then the other side of the coin is we let our kids start high school and we don't tell them every grade you get counts. Yeah. Like, you, you know, it, it doesn't wait till your, your 11th grade year or your 12th grade year to start accumulating the GPA. Your GPA is started when you walk in the door. And if you want to end up ahead, you got to start out ahead. And so I'm a proponent of grabbing kids in the, in the eighth grade and now even in the seventh grade and trying to prepare them for, like, again, developing that plan. Because now you need to understand everything you do from now on counts toward that next step after high school. The, um, wow. Okay. Man, I, I want to just say this because I used to always laugh at this, and I've talked about this in my book. 
when I was in seventh grade, I knew cats in the eighth grade who was taking Spanish one. Yep. And I was like, yo, man, you goofy, man. You stupid. Why you want to go in there? And, you know, spend all your time learning Spanish and you home studying. I'm like, man, we out here. We can already turn up, man. We're going to drink. We're going to do this and that. And I, I, I quickly learned and realized that, number one, being cool and making A's, you know, making A's and being studious is so cool and it's such the right thing to do. But mm -hmm. we harass those smart kids, man, like nobody's business. We drug them to the point where we made them feel like they was nothing. And these well, these was black guys. They was young guys, man, already taking those high school classes yep, yep. in middle school, which in our area, you know, it was unheard of. But there's so many things that we look down on in our community, you know, and I talked about it too because in the third, in the fourth grade, the teacher pulled me out of class and they tried to give me the challenge test, which was the honors and gifted test. And I was like, I just told her straight up. I'm not going to go in no smarty arty, you know, white boy class. I'm not taking that. So when they gave me the test, I took the whole test, turned it sideways, and I did up bubbled in all the answers. I didn't even read one question because all I could think about was what I'm going to do when I walk through the hood and I'm in these smarty arty classes. You know, now I got to go home and deal with that because of the elements, you know, because of where I live. So it's just, it's so many factors, man. And when you bring up, you know, that about the preparation and, you know, doing things in the eighth grade, doing things in the ninth grade, which really says, if I'm taking these classes in the eighth grade, that means through sixth and seventh grade, I was already on track. Right, right, right. So really go back to, to our original point, you know, about the preparation. So the other point I want to touch on briefly was, you know, about programming. I, I like programming. I believe in programming, but I believe it as a secondary avenue. Everything you do from an education standpoint has to start at home. At home. It's yeah. got to start at home. If it doesn't start at home, you're done. It's, it's over with. I don't care what program you go to. I don't care, you know, how much you try to get invested and involved. If you don't have, and when I say at home, I don't necessarily even mean in your house. You need somebody who is a champion champion mentor, you know, who can give you the, the advice, kind of steer you in the right direction, drop those little jewels on you so that as you're moving through, you know, you can get done what needs to be done. And, you know, and that goes back to being raised by the community. And that's, that's the kind of person I feel like I was, you know, and so many different people had their hand on me when I tried to, you know, I sold a little dope, sold a little weed, but when I tried to go get the big package, they was like, man, if you don't get out of here, you too small for this. And I was like, what? Even the hardest degree was like, nah, man, this this ain't for you. You know, you 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 go somewhere else, man. You go try to do something else. So it it takes all of us, you know, kind of pitching in and recognizing and realizing what's going on with these young people, and somebody just gotta raise their hand, you know, and, and put your arm around them and start ushering them, ushering them through, you know, the, the systems and through some of these processes. Well, the, well, the key thing too, the key thing too, I, you know, I hear in every one of your conversation, we talk about preparatory. We talk about preparing our, our children for school and we talk about these different programs, but the key word that we're saying, but nobody's really said it, is the parental figure, whether that be your mama, <laughs> your daddy, your grandma, your, you know, whoever is the parental figure to prepare themselves to prepare you right. to get your education because now I understand that some school, school guidance counselors aren't good and some schools this and that, but I guarantee you, if you went up to that school and you gave a darn enough about your child that first day of school, and they know Mr. Washington is going to be up here every week until somebody tells me something about how my daughter or my son is going to get in that school or go to college, they're going to come up with something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's where we're lacking because like when I look at other cultures, their parents are involved, or their parental figure, I should say, is involved. They are the ones that are at the schools. They are the ones who make a way to ensure that their child's education is tracking along. Because like when you talked about your homeboys in eighth grade taking these classes, it's no way an eight-year-old is going to know, well, I need to take Spanish two or three to get rid of it. It's not going to happen. So basically, their mom and dad said, or their parental figure said, hey, you're going to take this. You're going to do that. I don't care what your friends are doing. You're going to make this happen or X, Y, and Z. Right. You know, and I think that's where 
we are totally lacking. So all these programs, all these things we're talking about are a moot point, just like you said, because by, you know, eight, five through 10, you know what I'm saying? If we haven't caught on to this trend as a parent or as a parent parental figure, then we, they're lost. Because like you said, in the 12th grade, you come at a, a counselor at the 12th grade, they're going to laugh at you. Yes, sir. And this is where I see students in my classroom, literally, when I look at just grammar and, and punctuation, it, it's almost laughable sometimes, you know, and I'm, you know, I have to call these students and say, you know, you, you might want to take some remedial courses because you're not going to make it, yeah. you know, especially as you're trying to move on. And we, like I teach graduate studies now, but I used to teach undergrad and some of them couldn't even pass the English course there. You know, so that this is where we, I think we like again, we have to prep our children early, but we have to change our mindsets as well, too. Is this like being smart? And, you know, I used to think that kind of played out, but I guess not. But, you know, being smart is not a good thing, you know, and it's almost like I say laughable. That's a nerd. But as we see, we're in a technological, educational type world now. You won't make it. No, Unless yeah. you have some type of knowledge, yeah, you could do business and things like that. That doesn't take that, but you're still going to need that education to run that business, be successful, and not have people take you for everything that you have because you don't know how to read an accounting spreadsheet. Right. Yeah, and that goes, man, because we, you know, and Tracy, I'm sure you can vouch for this as well. You see the same as the young guys coming into the military. You know, oh yeah, coming coming out of high school, coming to the military, they and they can barely speak. They can barely write. <laughs> They, 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 and what is shocking that I have seen recently, they don't even have confidence. Absolutely. Like, like they, Absolutely. they lack the confidence. And, and obviously, you know, if you don't have confidence, that comes from your upbringing. That comes from how your parents raised you or your parental figure, as you named, because those are things that are easy to give a child early in life. Absolutely. Right. right? right. Because, you know, we, we don't come out with no confidence. You know, <laughs> yeah. we don't come out the womb like, I can't do anything. We come out, think we could rule the world, like you said, want to be a princess or, you know, policeman or fireman or whatever. And then someone starts shutting us down along the way to the point yep. where now there's no confidence. And now we're like college, and they're like, for what? Right. Why, why should I go to college? I, I'm not going to be anything, or mm -hmm. I'm not even going to do anything. So, man, y'all, I think y'all are all spot on. Man, this is man, this is definitely a, a conversation piece that. It, there's so many different factors to it. Oh, you know, man. man? Yep. Uh, so we could talk forever, man. This is so before we close out, though, I do have a, uh, a couple questions. Right. Uh, so my daughter is going to the 12th grade this year. And I know that a lot of people have kids who are probably in high school. And I know we've touched on it. Right. But now I just want some just uh, kind of specific answers on what should they start working on? So in the ninth grade, should they start working on the SATs and the ACTs? Should they start just really narrowing down into programs in their school or? Okay, so let me, let me, let me, so I, it, I, what I wrote, what I got here, it starts with junior year. Um, it's gonna have to be retrofitted for your daughter because she's a senior. I broke it down into a few areas. It was testing, college fairs, and college selection. Okay. I have a ninth grader too, just to throw that out okay, there. Cool. I got a cool. well, going into it. It's a whole nother story. Well, first of all, I, what, I, what I will tell you, has your daughter taken the SAT or ACT? Yes. Okay. She, so she's is, taking she happy with, SAT. is she happy with, with, with her score? No. Okay. So the first thing I'll tell you is I, I, I always try to coach students. When you, it's too late right now to take your best SAT. Mm -hmm. You should walk into your senior year with your best SAT. And the reason why you should walk into your senior year with your best SAT is because your college fairs are going to start the end of August, beginning of September, and they're going to roll on. But between September and the beginning of November, it's called early admission. And if you show up at the college fair and you got the right credentials, they're going to waive, 90% of the schools are going to waive the application fee. Okay. That's and right. so, that's huge because that keeps us out of uh, keep us from applying to a lot of schools. Because if any application fees twenty five, fifty, seventy five dollars, you know, we ain't gonna be paying all that. And so I always try to tell: first of all, walk in with your best SAT score at that first fair. The other thing I tell you is: does, has she visited very many college fairs? Uh, no. So she's been to a couple, and Las Vegas had a big one last year where a bunch of the HBCU colleges came. 
Mm-hmm. They were giving scholarships like on, on the, the spot. spot. Mm-hmm. On the spot, yeah. right. So yeah. for that, um, I always tell students, starting your freshman year in high school, go to as many college fairs as possible. And it is not about – because, first of all, the, the turnover is, a, is great a lot of times in those um, those – well, two, two, two things. First of all, every college fair, the person that comes is not necessarily a, a, a employee of the school. A lot of times they send out information to alumni and alumni are the ones who staff these tables, right? And so the person they see the first year might not be the same person they see the second year. Might not be the same person they see the third year, okay? But okay. what happens is, um, and again, I can just use my son as an example. I can, I can remember the very first college fair he went to his freshman year. I mean, I wanted to fight him. Cause we was in there for like 15 minutes. I'm like, man, you don't go to a table. And like, he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just going to look. I mean, you know, and so what, by the time he got to be a, a, a junior in high school, I could sit in the, in the parking lot and that dude would go work the whole room. You know what I'm saying? And so them getting the opportunity to start going to these fairs as early as possible gets mm-hmm. them comfortable with that process. And so, because by the time they get to be, cause the freshman and sophomore year, the, the question is going to be, are you a senior? Because the people at the table, they just looking to fill a they looking to fill a spot now. They're not looking to build a pipeline, and yeah. so they don't have to worry about getting discouraged because the people are gonna forget them. But they can ask. I ain't gonna say dumb questions, but there's no question that they're gonna ask that can be a dumb question. And so it's all about getting them comfortable with standing up in front of these admission representatives and holding conversations. And so that's something they should do. You know, again, starting freshman year, do a couple. Sophomore year, do a couple. Um, junior year, do a couple. As soon as they start their senior year. They need to be dressed and impressed, booted and suited, walking in front of them like they're applying for a job. Because my thing is this, um, I never look at anything as an opportunity for a handout. I look at everything as a partnership. And so the thing is, colleges have funding to give to people who are going to help their bottom line. That's and right. so if you can That's walk right. up to them and have a conversation with them and show them how you're gonna be a value add to their campus, then that's when the money, that's when the money starts. But if you're gonna walk up to them, you're gonna look like the person who just <laughs> left them, Gonna be dressed like the person that just left them. Not gonna be more articulate than the next per- the, the person that just left them. You're gonna have the conversation that the person that just left them had, right? And so wow, again, yeah. it's getting those students comfortable with getting in front of people um, at college fairs. And then, man, I'm gonna tell you. So, a lot of kids go to school, and you know, I'm, it's cool that you want to go to the school that your mama went to, your daddy went to, your you know, your cousin went to, or whomever. That's cool if you want to be a legacy. But what if the school doesn't fit? Mm-hmm. And a lot of students don't pick schools for fit. And they end up being in a school for five, six, seven years trying to get a bachelor's degree because they don't have the classes that they wanted or they started in a major and then that major didn't <clears> fit them. And so my thing is, before your senior year in high school, you need to really sit down. And I got some stuff, and I'll email this to you, Peyton. Um, I, I got some stuff that, like, you really just sit down and go through, like, do I want to go to a large school, a medium-sized school, a small school? the urban setting, suburban setting, you know, um, and then start looking at the curriculum. Because we, I mean, I, okay, I tell you, um, I used to do, I used to have this program, it's called Exposing the Maximum Exposure College Tour. And I used to take students on college tours around the country. And I would never go to a college and let the admissions people handle my tour, okay? Because they have a standard that they do. They'll march around, they'll point at some buildings, they'll talk to you about financial aid, and then at the very end, they'll take you and they'll drop you off at the bookstore that you so you can buy some paraphernalia. And my thing is, I don't care how great your buildings are, I don't care how great your parties are. It's the curriculum that my students need to look at. And so I would always break my students down. And if there's somebody in the science department, biology, chemistry, something like that, I'd have somebody that specializes in biology or chemistry to take them to the science department. And they're meeting the science um, department chair. They're meeting students. They're looking in on classes because they need to understand what the curriculum is like at that school, not what the legacy of that school is because the curriculum yeah. is the thing that they're, they're going to need to get out of there. And so, again, that's three, three high-level quick things. <laughs> Testing, make sure, you know, it's too late now for your senior. She can go ahead and take it again, but take it as soon as possible. Be as serious as possible. Khan Academy is great when it comes to SATs because you take the test and then you plug it into Khan Academy and the areas that you fall short in, they'll build a plan for you to increase your score. Khan yeah. Academy is free of charge. 
And so there's no reason why students should be taking advantage of that. And so by the time they get to their senior year, they need to have that SAT score in hand, and then they need, need to be able to talk the talk. They need to be well-versed on the curriculum. They can ask questions about it, but they need to show a school that they have done their due diligence. They want to be a value-add partner with them in the academic process. That's how you start going after the money. Um, again, yeah, know what the curriculum is. Know what, what area they want to be in. Um, you don't want to start somebody out. Say, for instance, Peyton, I know you're transitory. And, and, and your daughter might see a school in Las Vegas that she, you know, she wants to stay close to home, right? Yeah. And then in two years or a year from now, you, you up and you move to Florida, right? Yeah. Now your daughter's stuck in Las Vegas? No, don't pick <laughs> a school based on that. My thing is, if they got a major airport, I can get to you in three to five hours. So we ain't even worrying about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so that's the way I, I you know, I think, t uh, that's the way I talk to my students. I'm like, look, I, and you should always leave home for the first year anyway. To get to know yourself, um, I, I, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to take up too much more time, but yeah. That goes <laughs> and I, I just want to say one thing too. I think it's great information uh, that y'all that you were just saying, Clarence. But I think one thing that we need to look at too. I know everybody wants to go to a Harvard or a Howard or a Hampton or or Princeton, but one thing that I think we overlook in our community as well too. The the benefit of going to a community college as well yep. too. Yep. Community colleges, I, I will tell you. Um, just make sure you go to an accredited one. They're a lot cheaper, um, especially for parents who can't really afford to go to a four-year school in the beginning. And then that way, the, you, it gives your child the opportunity. Just can't, say if you late in the ball game and couldn't go right after high school, it's nothing wrong with starting out because you're going to get the same basic core classes you're going to take there. But go to one that's going to transfer maybe to the school that you want to go to for your final two years but then that, that's always an avenue and two-year colleges give out scholarships as well too. So that's something people should begin. And then PT, what I would tell you too is tell your daughter there's a lot of scholarships out there for black young women. Just um, a quick Google search. Um, we'll be able to pull up a litany of them. Start writing them out. Start writing them out and hell, rack up all those dollars from the, to the I don't care what it is, the, the Dunkin' Donuts scholarship or such and such. 500 here, 1,000 there, it adds up, I'm telling you. So start that money process, you know, because I'm a firm believer, and I know this is a controversial topic, but I don't believe I have to, uh, I, it's not my obligation to pay for my kids' college. Uh, that's their job to do their homework and, and get scholarships and things like that. Now, I help you, but I'm not obligated to do so. But I know that's another topic, but that's all I got people to say. Hey, definitely take care of, uh, just look at community colleges if you can as well, too. Nothing wrong with it. Okay. I agree with that because community college was is a stair step. I'm sorry, Marlon. Let me let me hit this no, right no. Community college is a stair step. So, like, especially if you're a student who's challenged and don't know whether you want college or not, yep. at least after two years, you got some. If you go to a four year college and you only go for two years, you walk away with nothing but credit. That's it. Right. Um, and, yeah. and you can do vocational <laughs> uh, community college as well too. You can do a lot of vocational classes to switch over to a trade as well too. All right. I said this right here. Um, uh, this is my beyond the basics. It says. Finding funding for your college education is a full-time job. Students should be encouraged, tasked to look for scholarships. Students and parents should create a process for completing scholarship applications. That's what I said. And don't, don't, don't underestimate, like all the fraternities and sororities in your, in your area, they have scholarships on an they annual basis. Get them all up. Go ahead, Marlo. Now, I was gonna say, um, PT, can you, you know how to open the screen share? Oh, Marlo. <laughs> I know how to hit a share button. Oh, uh, it's a. Uh, it, it says it's this. It's a green button that's at the bottom of your screen with yeah. an arrow. I hit share and then do what? Well, if you well if you just hit share, you're gonna share your screen. But yeah, but you that, disabled you, it on mine. Did you request? Did you request a share, Marlo? No. Hit your button because my thing says it says share screen, and if I hit share screen, it says host disabled attendee screen share. Right. And so, uh -oh. well, yeah, he needs to, but PT needs to disable it though. Because yeah. I just did one too. That person yeah. said request that you. I don't know how to tell him to do it. Does anybody know how to do it? Hold on, I'm about to turn on share screen. I just turned it on, oh, man. It is. I just turned oh, okay. it on. All right, all right, perfect, perfect. Okay. Go. So you guys should be able to, can you see my screen right now? It's black. Yes. We, yep. Yeah, there we go. All right. So this, this is a document, man, that I use um, for my students. And this is in my book, and it's also in my online course. And it's, it's not very specific, but it gives you an idea 
of what you could do freshman year, sophomore, junior, and senior. Um, and I'll just kind of walk through it real quick. But your freshman year, first thing you need to do, parent conference with the guidance counselor. Second, try to maintain at least a 3.0 GPA and start your college tours your ninth grade year. Develop good study habits, search and apply for scholarships, select coursework, college preparation track. You want to consider that, you know, whether it be a two-year or four-year school, because if you do the advanced work, you can always fall back on it no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. go ahead and do your practice test, PSAT, and ACT. And then I'll just go ahead and skip for the sake of time up to the senior year. If you are a senior, you can apply early during summer to your top selected schools. Focus on the school costs. Look at the specifics in case the school has certain documents and things like that that they need. You want to be doing your final tour, your final college tour selections. Um, learn about financial aid, FAFSA, as much as possible. Search and apply for additional scholarships. Complete the school financial aid package. Make your final selection. Start planning for life on campus, whether it be two-year or four-year. Um, and then, of course, I said take the ACT and SAT. Again, you know, if you feel like you just didn't get the score that you wanted. So, um, again, this is this is uh, in my online course, and it's also in my book. So just a, just a little tracker. You can Google these. You'll probably find a thousand of these online. But I just made this up because I felt like this was something that my students needed just from a basic standpoint. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to stop the share. There we go. And then, of course, if you view it in my book, you know, you're just going to see it like this right here. Okay. Okay. Hey, so I just want y'all to know time hack. We're at like uh, an hour, six minutes in, but I do have another question. Uh, with the COVID situation going on, how, do y'all think that the campuses will eventually open back up or what are y'all views on online schools? Well, I, I teach for um, two online schools. Um, and I can tell you this, uh, a lot of universities We've uh, had meetings and Zoom sessions kind of like this with brick and mortar type in-house schools. I can tell you a lot of them are expanding their online courses now uh, and prep for that. And you're talking about not just your traditional Georgia University, Alabama and all of them. You're talking about Ivy League schools now that are expanding their online platforms because of this. So um, I think it's a great way, but it, your students have to be prepared to do that self-learning because, yeah, you can call your professor, but I can tell you, an online professor is not going to talk to 28 students every single day for an hour, you know what I'm saying, to try to get <laughs> things done. So that's a different way of thinking as well, too, when you're talking about going to school. Yeah. So Yeah, you okay. got to be disciplined. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. So there are a couple schools, even in the Ivy League, who decided they're not going to go back in the fall. They don't mm -hmm. wait until the spring semester to go back. Yep. Um, my son goes to Hampton. They just got an announcement. They're going back on um, August the 10th. Mm -hmm. A lot of schools, um, I know A&T, um, UNC Greensboro, they're talking about shortening their school year. Um, I think Morgan State's talking about shortening their school year. So they're talking about um, basically starting in August and ending up around Thanksgiving. So it's out before the flu season. Um, and But that is, that's still fluid because right now it seems like there's a resurgence of COVID-19. And That's really, um, especially in the south, especially in the south, yeah, where a lot of HBCUs are. The real issue is um, the liability that these schools are going to face if something happens to these kids. And so I know mm -hmm. that that's something in a couple parent groups, and the parent groups they're talking about that. And what if they ask you to sign a liability waiver? And I'd already asked my parent, my family. I was like, man, you know, what if they ask y'all to sign a liability waiver? Because the other thing is, you know, I mean, the kids, kids gonna be kids when they get back on the campus. They don't care about social distancing. That's I mean, that's right. the bottom line. Um, then, but, but, but you got to weigh it for yourself because, um, one of the major issues is this, and I, as a matter of fact, I was reading an article on this today. Um, the colleges are hopeful that they can go back on campus for the, for the fall because, um, missing out on another semester of that revenue could kill colleges. Like they can be, you know, some of the smaller colleges or the colleges that don't have research, don't have those endowments, they really can go under because they don't have the funding to, to, to sustain with, you know, people not being on campus, spending that money. And then also just say, for instance, I know it's 42K a year for my son to go to Hampton. Like parents are complaining, I'm not going to pay that much money for my kid to go to school online. 
If my kid got to go to school online, I'm going to find an online school and pay that rate. I'm not going to pay the same thing that it would be if I go to a brick and mortar. And so there's a lot of controversy around mm -hmm. this whole going back to school, whether if they go back in the fall, it's going to be the wise thing to do. Um, yeah, the jury's still out. It just, it's just, it's out. And I, I, I'm out, I ain't going to believe none of it until I see it, for real. Yeah. I think um, for me, the big thing that I see in this 2020 whole COVID situation is this is an opportunity for students to apply to schools that they may not have looked at previously. There you go. What's going to happen is a lot of schools are already waiving the SAT. They're waiving the ACT. They're saying, for the, especially for the class of 2020, they're like, hey, you didn't even get an opportunity to study and take the ACT or SAT. Don't worry about it. It's waived specifically for the class of 2020. So wow. right now is the opportunity for you to shoot your shot. You know, especially there you go. Get it. Student, you know, three, 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 five plus. And you know, you were just thinking about going to XYZ school, apply anywhere, apply to one of the Ivies, apply to some of the top tier HBCs, because without the score requirement, if you've been studious and done your due diligence, you know, in building your resume and you've got the GPA, this might be your opportunity to elevate you know, and, and find yourself in a position that maybe you didn't think previously you would be in. That, Absolutely. Um, secondly, Clarence kind of already nailed it. School's not going to have no choice. You know, for, school is a business no matter what. People like to talk about for-profit's bad and, you know, for-profit and not-for-profit. Every single school in America is for-profit. They open the doors yeah. to make money. Period. You got that right. So come August, just like the rest of Wall Street and the rest of you know these businesses you see across America, they want to open because they need students on campus to make money. So they need, think, and they need those football teams to make even yeah, more. Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you think Clemson and don't come back? You think Clemson don't want to play football? <laughs> <laughs> they do. They're gonna, they're gonna go yeah. Dr. Fauci. They might grease his palm black like, man. We need you on this side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, lobbyists and you know probably all kind of stuff coming out of this situation you know we get into the conspiracy theories on the next topic i'll bring y'all back for us to hit those topics <laughs> <a little bit laughs> <later on. laughs> we can dive all the way down there yeah. that'd be a fun uh meeting hey man well i appreciate y'all man coming on here i think this was great information given out for the people who will take a look at this. I, I think we should do it again, man. Uh, like I said, there's so many different areas we could keep going down, mm -hmm. right? We could, you know, and being that y'all are in school and, and we talked about sports, you know, is it time to maybe start sending our five-star recruits to HBCUs? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I think all of us I'm not even going to get started. We're not going to get started on that one. I just wanted to throw the grenade, but yeah, we can definitely have that conversation down the road, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me tell you, y'all always have a home here on the Term Loose Podcast, man. I appreciate it. Anytime y'all want to come out here. What I do ask, though, is that uh, how can people reach out to you for questions? Are y'all open for questions or, or I could take the questions and disperse them? Or... Either way, either way. Um, I, I'll tell you, my, my website is precollegeuniversity.com. That's pre p r e college c o l l e g e university dot com, or you can email me at c t brown at precollegeuniversity dot com. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Snapchat, all at precollege university. Cool. Okay, Marlo. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely get me at speakerauthormarlo.com. Speakerauthormarlo.com. And you can follow me on Instagram. I put a lot of information out on there. I got some IGTV videos that's live. Um, you can find me on Instagram at speaker author Marlowe as well. And you can email me um, at info at speakerauthormarlowe.com. And where can we find your book at, Marlowe? Speaker I know where to find Marlo. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. shipping 24-7. Pandemic, no pandemic. <laughs> we got copies on. Matter of fact, you can have this one right here. This is the teacher <laughs> limited edition guide. You can get this one if you want. Hey, right, can you sign that for me? I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Dr. Tracy Washington, my man. 
Hey, you can reach me at info at united-crowns.com or you can email me at tracy.p.washington at gmail.com and I'm on Instagram at, at united underscore crowns underscore collection and I'm on Facebook at Tracy P. Washington. So just hit me up anyway or go through straight through PT and I'll get back to you. But PT, man, thank you for the invite, gentlemen. It was sure. great to be with y'all today. Such uh, beautiful black minds on here today talking about something that's near and dear to my heart, which is education. <laughs> Can't bring <Yeah>, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Appreciate it. So we're going to go ahead and end this. Uh, and then we'll talk to y'all later, man. Turn them loose. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You done? Hey, you start recording. Oh, yeah, I'm about to edit this one up. Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Turn Them Loose podcast today. If you have any questions or concerns, uh, please email me at turnemloose75 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook under the group pages called Turn Them Loose Network, networking, and uh, hit me up there. I would love to hear from you. I would love to get you on the podcast and let's find a topic and let's discuss it. Uh, But until then, turn them loose.